Terry, your Roman label correspondent for the Hustle Mohawk magazine. And I'm here today at the Black and Puerto Rican and Asian Legislative Caucus weekend. And I'm here in one of the workshops where uh, I have as my guest uh, Dr. Tempe V. Champion. And uh, she's at one of the tables here. And she wrote a book called Understanding Storytelling Among African American Children, A Journey from Africa to America. Now, how you doing, Dr. I'm doing fine today. Yeah, I, I, I like your book. You know, you got to set up the cover and everything. So tell me uh, about this. Why you wrote a book on this? So this is, I wrote this book when I was doing my research um, when I was going to school for my Ph.D., and what got me interested in this, um, how we tell stories, is that I felt that sometimes black children were discriminated against on how they tell their stories. And that teachers were saying that our stories or our children were deficient in telling stories. So I um, looked up Africanisms and figured out that the way in which we tell stories come from a tradition. It just doesn't come from out of the air. And so that some of these stories that they said that didn't make sense or whatever is because they didn't understand our culture. And that a lot of the stories were performative in nature. So that just like when people preach in the church, it's a performative nature. And so some of those kids have been going to church with grandma and so they know how to tell a story, how to keep people's interest. Another thing that I looked at was a lot of our stories also have to teach about morality. And so it's not just the purpose of telling the story, it's a purpose of telling the story because we're trying to teach somebody right and wrong. And so I came up with my own analysis on how to analyze kids' stories in school to show that our children can tell great stories. And I want to ask you some more, but tell me, just tell me a little bit about you. So I grew up in Brooklyn, um, working class family, um, two parents, a father and a mom. I'm the oldest child of three. I'm the first child to go to college. I um, grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, also have had a brother that was murdered, you know, in the streets of New York just shot down. I um, have another brother, but he left New York. Um, but I, you know, grew up in Crown Heights, went to school in the community, went to a vocational high school because I um, was going to be a secretary before they figured out that I had um, a little bit, you know, education and then decided to go to college. And um, got a PhD at um, UMass Amherst where I studied with an African-American professor who um, worked on the language skills of black children. And so that's how I got interested in what I was doing. And um, eventually came back to New York to work at LIU Brooklyn, um, where it was a multicultural program. And I was trying my best to get minority graduate students in the program, um, which some people did not like. And so I had to retire early. Yeah. So you were a tenured? They went. I was tenured. Oh, you was tenured. Yes, and they went after me. And they went after. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah, normally they say tenured. Um, not no no because we got a new president 
who was after faculty. So she went after tenure faculty. You know, I had I made a deal and I went out. Yeah. But, you know, but in doing that, I'm glad that I'm able now to just work with children because now I'm able to work with children and, you know, go to children's home and, you know, work with my community um, because a lot of people don't want to go into our neighborhoods. And I don't have a problem going into our neighborhoods to work with my kids. Yeah. Now, who was the book written specifically for? Because I looked at it, it's like, I mean, it's nothing you can read. It's something that somebody wants somebody who getting into the field. Right. I guess, yeah, it's probably more for people. I think it's more for teachers. I think it's a good book for teachers to read. Because um, they can understand how children, what children bring to the classroom. So it's a good book for, um, you know, children. And maybe some parents, you know, might be interested. But I would say mostly um, teachers. So how, how did you, like, do the, do the research in terms of coming up with the idea that has stories to tell? The reason I came up with the idea, because there was research that was done in the 80s on black children, and they were saying that the stories that they told were called topic associating. And I didn't like that term because I felt like, what does that mean, topic associating? You know, why they called the stories that white kids told topic-centered. And so I didn't like the term and, you know, said, I don't understand why they're using that term because I think, you know, kids tell a really good story. So that's what got me interested in it. Yeah. So you sit down with them and ask them to tell you? You're right, to tell me stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I sit down with them, it's one-on-one. Oh, one-on-one. Yeah. That was just showing, a, just to find a picture, yeah. You know, sure you got some interesting stories. Here's one. This is, I'm asking a child, can you tell me a time when you were really scared? And this child said, when it was dark in my room on Halloween, because my cousin, he cuts the lights out. I wasn't asleep, but my cousin, he cut all the lights out. And, it st- and, and I started to scream. And me and my cousin, he kept laughing. And my mother, she told my cousin mother, and my cousin got in trouble. And then another time, when we went trick-or-treating on Halloween, and then my cousin, he, he was like, um, one of my cousins, he was like, he was like Freddy Krueger, and he had those claws. And I was scared, because I, I was scared. And last night, I had a dream that me, and you know Tiara, me and Tiara, me and Tierra was playing outside in the dark in the middle of the night, and Freddy Krueger came and late kept chasing us, and all my cousins kept running around, and I had a dream about that. So now, traditionally, like when we're in school, when we ask a kid to tell us a story, they just want one event, and you notice in this one, she talked about three or four different things, but the stories were connected because it was all about being scared. So it still was one story, but she was telling a few things that happened that made her scared. And so, but a traditional teacher would say, you know what, you, you're telling me too many things. I asked you to tell me one thing. But I think, again, because of our culture, that she said, oh, I'm just going to tell you everything that scared me. And, you know, and, you know, if she was telling that to Grandma, Grandma would have listened to the story and wouldn't, you know, didn't interrupt. And so I didn't interrupt her. I just let her keep going. And she was, like, one of the, like, best storytellers. And she was eight. I think she was one of the, you know, this is a 10-year-old. Yeah, 10-year-old. So how did you uh, connect this to Africa? 
So, okay, so I connected it to Africa. If I go back to the beginning of the book. Because I know in Africa they have griots. Right. So, like I talked about, um, I start off with a story uh, about um, the history of storytelling. First, we start off with like the, a Europe a creation story, which is in Nigeria. And then talked about also um, a researcher named Levine, and he said that the oral inventors are good storytellers who appear to have been relatively common in the black culture was a source of delight and stimulation to their audience. Their narratives were interlarded with chants, mimicry, rhymes, and song. Levine also stated that narrative performance could include paralinguistic features along with body movements. And so that's, you know, that's some of the tracing back. Um, and then most of, you know, African-Americans come from West Africa. And then, you know, we talk about the stages of, you know, what happened and just about the analysis of the literature of why, you know, like black people told stories. So like, here's an example of Dick Gregory. Okay, last time I was down south, I walked into the, this restaurant and this white waitress came up to me and said, we don't serve colored people here. I said, that's all right, I don't eat colored people. Bring me a whole fried chicken. About that time, these three cousins came in. You know the ones I mean, Ku Klux and Klan. And they said, boy, we're giving you fair warning. Anything you do to that chicken, we're going to do to you. About then, the waitress bought me my chicken. Remember, boy, anything you do to that chicken, we're going to do to you. So I put down my knife and fork, and I picked up the chicken, and I kissed it. So, you know, so this is showing how Gregory used humor to cope with racism. And so, uh, and then it was suggested by Akapuhu, suggests that humor was also used within West African story as a technique to support or import a moral lesson. And so that's how I, you know, was doing the tracing back. And it sounds like an interesting book. And, you know, and I think maybe, you know, teachers should look at that. Yeah. So how could one get a copy of it? So the book can be ordered. It could be, it's on Amazon. It is on Amazon, but it's also, it can be ordered from Rutledge. Um, that's the company that publishes it. So you can order it online from Rutledge um, Publishers or Amazon. And the name of it is Understanding Storytelling Among African American Children, A Journey from Africa to, to America. America. Yes. Tempe B. Champion. Champion, right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.